Viewmasters. It's the podcast that we do. Viewmasters. Talk about movies that we view. Viewmasters. My friend Eric and me, Joe. Viewmasters. Hey, let's start the show. Hello. Welcome to the Viewmasters episode 235. All cops are bastards. My name is Eric. My name is Joe. <laughs> Hello, Eric. Hello, Joe. All cops are bastards. Yep. Did you see the news story about the cop who uh, was killed by a rooster wearing some sort of knife while breaking up an illegal cockfight? What? Yep. <laughs> I want to say it was in China. <laughs> but yeah, this this cop was uh, breaking up a, a cockfighting thing, and uh, <laughs> one of the roosters apparently had some sort of blade attached to it. Uh, I think that is the standard for uh, cockfighting. Is it really? I believe so. Yes. What the fuck? Yeah, they're they're not just pecking at each other. They That's... are strapped and ready to kill each other that is horrendous yeah that's why uh that's not really a, a great thing yeah <laughs> wait cockfighting is not a great thing yeah sorry to break it to you <laughs> uh, what about when uh one of the cocks kills a police officer i mean yeah. is it a is it a net net positive or, or just neutral outcome <laughs> it, it's a push yeah <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> oh, boy. That's So, the, yeah, All, that's all Cops Are Bastards, the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of? Kind of, yeah. What happens here? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we actually watched uh, The Trial of the Chicago 7. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that, uh, kind of a big point of the movie is... Uh, what we've all learned here in uh, the year 2020, yeah, uh, all cops are bastards. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as they say on Battlestar Galactica, all this has happened before and all this will happen again. Yep. That, uh, that second part is the really sad part. It really is. Yeah. Because we don't learn. Yeah. Like Seattle just entered... Uh, I guess last night was the 150th straight night of uh, demonstrations downtown. Wow. And like the, I, I saw a photo of a banner that was like the, it's a, it had like Seattle protests or, or BLM protests, 150 days, Birmingham bus boycott, 346 days. And it said, we're just getting started. So, I mean... It's really a long-haul thing, if anything is actually going to change. It, yeah, I, I think that's something that uh, a lot of people aren't prepared for, is that, it, yeah. it, you know, unfortunately, revolutions don't happen in a night. Yeah. Uh, the, the saddest part, though, is that, uh, I'll be honest with you, I didn't realize that Seattle was still having ongoing protests. The, all, the only reason that I know is that I follow a couple of Twitter accounts that are just like, hey, there's protests going on here, well, you know, tonight or right now. And then they sort of, you know, track what's happening and, and you know, what's going on with police interactions with protesters and stuff. So 
Wow. So yeah, that, that I, I I see very little coverage of it and, uh, and out, you, outside of like local NPR. And and yeah, and you live adjacent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm 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 by no means downtown or anywhere near where the protests are taking place. But yeah, I mean, I live in the area. I'm down there pretty much every day now. Right. So yeah. Uh, yeah, people I, people move on. Their attention spans are limited, unfortunately. Yep. Uh, like I know, like occasionally I'll see like Portland news, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, that's pretty much all I ever see. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who I follow on Twitter that is invested in Portland, but uh, there's a lot of comics folks who live in the Portland area. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Uh, but yeah, I mean. Like, I have no idea if any of that stuff is still going on in Dayton. I'm just going to assume no, because it's Dayton. Right. <laughs> and, and, well, one weekend's good. Yeah, yep. Because, uh, uh, sadly, uh, there's a very big... Uh, right-wing, uh, leaning Nazi... Uh, population in Dayton yeah yeah unfortunately I've uh weird sidebar uh been slowly working on my website updating it here and there and uh going back through all my old posts and artwork and stuff like that (laughs) I know where this is going and uh I just uh just ran across uh uh, a drawing that I did back in the, the year 2013 uh, where uh, I saw a dude with a swastika tattoo on his neck at uh, UDF drinking a milkshake. I thought it was at 7-Eleven. Uh, we don't have 7-Elevens here. <laughs> oh, that's right. Have you Shit. been gone that long? <laughs> what was I thinking of? Was Oh, maybe I was thinking of Circle K. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've been gone forever. <laughs> I haven't been back in over a year. Yeah, that is true. Wow. Uh, anyway. Yeah. So, uh, cheery subjects. Uh, yeah. Leading into this cheery movie. It's it's a uh, it's a laugh riot. <laughs> Just a family family fair here. Yeah. Uh, you know I'm. Just I'll put this aside uh, real quick. And there were parts where I did laugh. Yeah, me too. There, there were some humorous moments. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so Trial of the Chicago Seven. Yeah, written written and directed by Aaron Sorkin. Your your best friend. He's <laughs> my buddy. <laughs> I don't know after this movie. <laughs> spoiler. <laughs> maybe maybe a little spoiler. Okay, all right. We'll we'll talk about it. All right. Uh, so I, I know uh, last week you said that this was the you'd never seen an Aaron Sorkin thing ah. before. Yeah. Uh, and then later on you texted me to tell me that you are a liar. <laughs> that is true. Uh, so so uh, after our conversation, I was just curious and uh, looked on his IMDb and uh, turns out that oh yeah, I have seen something that he made. Uh, I watched uh, quite a few episodes of uh, Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. Was that when you were working at the TV station? Nope. No? All right. Nope, nope. Was that because you were a big uh, 
D.L. Hughley fan? <laughs> uh, I think we all know that uh, I do have a shrine to D.L. Hughley in my house. <laughs> I wouldn't call it a shrine. That makes it sound weird. <laughs> Uh, no, I, you know, I caught the first episode, uh, just by happenstance or whatever. And, uh, there, there's a scene in it where, uh, Judd Hirsch loses his mind mm-hmm. on, uh, national TV. And, uh, for whatever reason, that just really appealed to me. And I just kept watching it for a while. <laughs> nice. Uh, but, you know can't say that it was a good show (laughs) yeah i feel like uh studio 60 is a show like the pilot is spectacular yeah and then the rest of the show never quite lives up to what it's set up i Um, definitely agree about that yeah i mean the obviously judd hirsch isn't in (laughs) i don't think any other episodes than just the pilot yeah i think he maybe shows up briefly in like another episode elsewhere but yeah. yeah he he is uh and he's really not that he's like the catalyst for the pilot to go right but uh yeah he he's not really a big part of the show at all yeah uh, it, d- it did make me uh I'd, i don't think i'd seen network at that point uh-huh. uh so so watching the pilot for that and the multiple references to network made me want to watch that movie and i did watch that movie afterwards and it was pretty good all right i've still never seen it so oh uh, it's it's uh it's worth the time all right all right uh i mean i know you know the big scene especially the one that that pilot references right uh but yeah all right i'll give it a shot sometime <laughs> It's a it's a very dark satire. All right. I was not uh, prepared for how dark it is. Okay. <laughs> uh, I I get dark. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I would say, um, Studio Sixty was definitely lower lower tier Sorkin in my mind uh-huh. than like the West Wing or Sports Night. Right. I think the problem with that is that it's a drama that is about a comedy. Right. Which... And, and when it tried to do comedy, it wasn't funny. Nope, not at all. <laughs> but a lot of it really hinged on it trying to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in the world of the show, the comedy that it did was hilarious. <laughs> But in the real world, it was not so much. Nope, nope. Uh, Can you imagine an SNL crowd uproariously laughing at a Gilbert and Sullivan parody? Well, yes, I can, but it's (laughs) because I don't have much of a higher opinion of SNL. That's fair. (laughs) Can you imagine a Mad TV crowd? Now we're talking my language. Oh, boy. So, yeah, the trial of the Chicago 7. Yes. So, uh, yeah, in addition to to the uh, Aaron Sorkin of it all, uh, I mentioned last week that uh, uh, one of my favorite podcasts, The Dollop, Mm -hmm. uh, happened to be doing a, uh, it turned out to be a three-part episode about the life of Abby Hoffman. Oh, wow. 
with uh, part two of it mostly focusing about the trial. Okay. Uh, which uh, I had listened to before watching the movie. Um, so, you know, uh, I, I had that going into the movie. Right. Uh, but I also have, uh, you know, uh, bad memory and low retention skills. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's, you know, it's an hour and a half podcast. And I mean, you know, three episodes totaling about, you know, you know, over four hours at least. Yeah. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of information that went into my head that uh, also immediately left. <laughs> yeah. I feel like my problem with the dollop, uh, other than it became a everything sucks all the time podcast. Sure. Uh, is that I tended to like tune out during it. So I would miss important things. Yeah, that happens. Which is, you know, you, so you sort of got to pay attention to, <laughs> to podcasts that are just a guy reading a story. Yeah. Um, so, you know, but, uh, you know, I, I, I retained a little bit. And so in the back of my head while I was watching this movie, you know, some of that stuff, you know, it was like, you know, triggered some memories for me here and there. Sure. Uh, I knew I knew nothing about this story going in. OK, well, so neat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what'd you think of it? Uh, so um, setting aside uh, facts. I thought this was a pretty entertaining movie. All right. Um, I was, you know, I was, I was uh, invested. I enjoyed what it was. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I, I enjoyed most of it. Uh, I despise the ending. Oh, the ending is fucking terrible. It's just the most hallmark bullshit. Oh, God, I hated it so much. Nope, it is. It, it made me laugh. It is absolutely awful. <laughs> and uh, completely counter to what actually happened. Right, yeah, especially, especially after I read what the actual ending of the of the trial was like. Right. I was like, oh, man, did he really do that? No, he didn't do that at all. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and just like so like and oh man the 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 character the prosecutor played by joseph gordon levitt mm -hmm. like how he has like this very ill-defined crisis of conscience throughout the whole thing and then at the end is like i'm gonna stand in solidarity with these guys right like was just the most telegraphed <laughs> lazy oh god made me so mad no uh so i've i think i've mentioned uh before that you know i'm i'm, I'm a fan of a, of a jgl yes yeah no i, I love jgl uh and, and I've, I've lamented that uh there's sort of disappeared for a little bit or at least you know just just took a very low profile for a while yeah uh so i was very happy to see that he was uh in this movie uh, and then he played a nothing. Yeah, basically, he's <laughs> he's sort of wasted. Yep. Uh, and and maybe part of it is just that there are so many characters. 
there are on, you know, on uh, the defense side. Uh, you know, it is called the the Chicago Seven. Right. Uh, he he is not among those seven. <laughs> Nor is he the extra member. Nope. Of nope. the Chicago Seven. And uh, and also, you know, there's two other guys in the Seven in the actual Seven who are barely characters either. Right. I did. I did enjoy when they were like, "What are we even doing here?" Yeah. And then we very we see very little of them throughout the rest of the movie. It was a meta commentary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which, if I recall correctly, uh, those two are like the actual. Uh, they were like actually militant radicals. Oh, really? Who you know wanted you know violence and and uh, uprising and action. And they're the ones who were acquitted completely. Yep. <laughs> what the fuck, America? <laughs> oh, good lord. Yep. <sighs> yeah. Yep. I, so, so I will say I am a sucker for a courtroom drama. Sure. We we know this about you. <laughs> we do know this about me. Yeah. So 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 I did really enjoy those aspects of the movie mm-hmm. um which is you know a lot of it obviously because it's <laughs> called the trial right etc yeah. etc <laughs> you know you say that but uh, i'm gonna be honest i was shocked that within 10 minutes we were in court already it's true yeah we the <laughs> the way that it unfolds is was really interesting yeah because we don't we don't really get the whole story about what actually led to the riot until maybe 15 minutes before the end yeah yeah so so that was cool it, it had me it had me hooked on just you know finding out what exactly happened right uh yeah i think structurally it was uh very intriguing the the way it played out because uh, again you know my retention you know for for facts uh fell to the wayside so you know even i was like oh, what happened how'd they get there mm-hmm even though I had just listened to how they got there. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah, so so I'm glad that it wasn't all just straightforward, you know, this is the trial as it happened. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But, you know, I, I was honestly, you know, surprised that uh we get to the trial very very quickly and it is 90 percent of the movie yeah definitely yeah maybe a uh, 80 what (laughs) i mean are we gonna quibble over (laughs) your honor come on we might (laughs) over what percentage of the movie is actually in the courtroom (laughs) <laughs> oh man <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah so the the cast is spectacular yes it is just just loaded with good people uh, and, uh surprise yeah. michael keaton yes surprise michael keaton was a delight yeah he always is yeah uh, and uh, I, I generally find Eddie Redmayne to be off-putting, but I didn't hate him in this movie. Uh, this might be the first thing I have ever seen him in. 
Really? Yeah. Not not Jupiter ascending. Nope. Not uh, Les Misérables. Nope. Uh, not the theory of everything. Nope. <laughs> not the Danish girl. I'm done. Okay. Yeah. Also, nope. <laughs> yeah. No, I haven't seen that one either. Yeah. Uh, in fact, the only movie I could say that he was actually in, and again, haven't seen it, was the uh, Fantastic Beasts movie. Oh right, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I have blocked both of those out of my brain. Yeah. Uh, I still always think about uh, Fantastic Beats and where to drop them. <laughs> the, the rhymes of Grindelwald. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. By that notorious turf, J.K. Rowling. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, yeah, I I, uh, I enjoyed him in this movie. Yeah, uh, you know, I still found him off-putting. <laughs> uh, even though I feel like know. part of that's by design. Okay, <laughs> a, a little bit. Yeah, I guess so. He's uh, he is, I think, presented as the least, like just of the seven, sort of the the least. I don't know. Interesting, I guess, yeah. until towards the end. Uh, yeah, uh, he, he definitely is the most, uh, like, out of the seven that we meet, he is the guy that I would assume would just become, you know, the, uh, uh, you know, conservative, uh, establishment dude, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was surprised to read afterward that Jerry Rubin became, like, a stockbroker. Oh, yeah, no. Like, he, I would have expected that for, for Tom Hayden. Right. Uh, yeah, Jerry Rubin was the the guy who uh, he was Abby Hoffman's friend and partner uh, in the Yippies, uh, and yeah, in the seventies, uh, I believe he he became a businessman. He <laughs> became the man. Right. <laughs> uh, he was great though. Jeremy Strong. I love Jeremy Strong. So I was I was glad to see him in this movie. Uh, another actor. I have no idea who that is. You should watch Succession. Okay. It is very good. Alrighty. And Jeremy Strong is one of the leads on that show. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'd never heard of him. Uh, or, uh, well, I mean, yeah, I'll be honest. Uh, there's like four actors in this movie that I've actually ever heard of. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's name them. All right, we got uh, yeah. Sasha Baron Cohen. All right. Uh, we got Frank Langella in his sexy, sexy body. Oh yeah. Uh, we got a JGL and uh, John Carroll Lynch. Yes. Uh, and then uh, Michael Keaton. Not Eddie Redmayne. I mean, I, I'd heard of him, I guess, but again, okay. I haven't seen him in anything gotcha. other than this. <laughs> and he kept reminding me of just a weirder James Marsden. I can see that. <laughs> I can definitely see that. <laughs> like, if James Marsden wasn't handsome, yeah, he would be Eddie Redmayne. <laughs> just, yeah, rough him up a little bit, and then you have yeah. uh, Eddie Redmayne, yeah. <laughs> John Carroll Lynch was a welcome surprise as well. I did not realize he was in this movie. Uh, yeah, no, I, I enjoyed his character. Uh, not that he had a ton of screen time or development, but uh, 
uh, I just sort of liked, you know, his role amongst the seven, I guess. Yeah. I uh, had just uh, rewatched Zodiac over the weekend. Mm-hmm. So John Carroll Lynch was fresh in my mind. Gotcha. So. And of course, he directed the uh, the movie that we watched a few weeks ago, Lucky. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, and and I had just watched uh, Borat, subsequent movie film, uh, <laughs> over the weekend. Yeah, this is actually the third Sasha Baron Cohen movie that I've watched in a week. <laughs> the other two were the original Borat, which I'd never seen, and then the sequel. <laughs> Uh, I had seen the first Borat in the theater. Oh, wow. Uh, Very and, nice. Yeah. My wife. <laughs> High five. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, yeah, so I watched uh, the sequel this weekend as well. Even What did you think of that? Hmm? What did you think of it? Uh, I liked it. It was uh, surprisingly very sweet. It was very sweet, yeah. Yeah. I, I I think watching the original and the sequel back to back, which is what we did like in the same evening, mm-hmm. uh, I think it like the the original is much stronger. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. But uh, so so I, my my viewing of the second one may have been been uh, been uh, tinged a little bit by the fact that I just watched the superior original. But yeah, I still really I really enjoyed it and. Yeah. Uh, it is laughed, very enjoyable. Laughed quite a bit. Uh, I think. I think part of the problem with the sequel is that, and and they even address it in the sequel, is that people know who Borat is, right? <laughs> Whereas in the first one, he was you know not as well known. Yeah, and they were able to get away with uh, much more stuff. So, you know, ninety percent of the sequel is him running around in a costume on top of a costume, right? <laughs> Which is brilliant. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think in- introducing his daughter was a, a good way to get around that, too. Oh, absolutely. For sure. And, and she, she was fantastic. Yeah, she steals the show, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and uh, despite the fact that the entire world ruined uh, the ending of it mm-hmm. uh, before it ever came out. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was still very good yeah (laughs) and uh you know no matter what uh rudy giuliani is just a pervy sweaty fucking creep (laughs) i do think he was just tucking his shirt back in but he is still all of those things yes yeah (laughs) yeah i mean i think an argument can be made either or for that situation but uh everything leading up to it just uh not great yeah like he didn't need to ask for her Phone number and email address? Nope, nope, not at all. <laughs> Didn't need to go in the bedroom with her? Nope. Or Shouldn't have been drinking? Her. Yeah, keep touching her? Yikes. Yep, yep. And uh, and he was uh, very COVID-y. He was, yeah. <laughs> I love the way that they incorporated COVID into the movie. That was so smart. It really was. I was honestly, I was a little shocked. That that was even a plot point in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, yeah, it was it was, it was very enjoyable. Uh, all right, well, good night. <laughs> <laughs> we reviewed Borat. Yep. <laughs> See you my, next my, time. Re- 
My review, very nice. <laughs> to a thumb up. From you and your wife. Yes. <laughs> speaking speaking of my wife. Yes. She watched the trial of the Chicago 7 with me as well. Ooh. And uh, during the closing credits, <laughs> you know, it showed like all of the actors. Yeah. <laughs> there was... There was a screen that came up that had the two female characters in the movie on it. And she was like, wait, there are women in this? <laughs> Which is extremely accurate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, the we... She and I sort of had a discussion about that afterwards. <laughs> Um, I told her I wish she could be on the podcast, uh, to talk about it, but she still sort of can't talk. Uh, but, um, yeah, we were, I, like, I posed the question of like, which is better, uh, lack of female characters or the presence of female characters who are written poorly. (laughs) Cause, cause Aaron Sorkin has some issues with the way that he writes women. Okay. Um, just sort of, there's, there's always a lot of mansplaining to them. And a lot of, you know, like, it, 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 it seems like he doesn't respect the female characters that he writes mm-hmm. or just writes them sort of dumb sometimes unnecessarily. Gotcha. Even, even when they're supposed to be extremely smart people. Right. Um, so uh, I think, I think where, where she landed was that <laughs> maybe Aaron Sorkin should just be done for a little while. <laughs> And, and like, you know, the, this is, you know, based on a true story. Right. Um, so, you know, probably, you know, the, the, all of the defendants were men. Yes. Um, all the lawyers. All of the lawyers were men. And there were even fewer lawyers in the movie than there were in real life. Right. Um, but like, you know, they took, took liberties with things. Obviously the ending is a complete fabrication of what actually happens. (laughs) <laughs> characters are consolidated and and made up whole cloth like Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character so why couldn't they why well, that, couldn't they have made some of the characters women or added more female characters period uh, so uh just just to counter real quick uh Richard Soltz was uh, a real person oh was he a real person okay yeah, no yeah he he was indeed the prosecutor i thought he was made up all right my no, fault no uh but uh i don't believe he had the uh uh implied conscience that uh you know was presented as the the character in the movie yeah uh, i think he was pretty much just uh on the same side as uh the judge and uh nixon and all them okay uh, just uh we're going to put these people away Gotcha. Uh, and I guess in real life, his whole thing was that uh, he was just trying to get them all of the fact that, the, especially Abby Hoffman, uh, that they they like to swear. And uh, he did not. And he thought that <laughs> that was pretty much representative of why they should just go to jail. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, I mean, for all intents and purposes, name aside, <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character was made up completely whole cloth. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't point. like that they swear. Yeah, all right, that's fair. 
Oh my god. Uh, but no, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. They, they, uh, I mean, also, ah, shit, I don't want to say, you know, well, the time period. Uh, no, I know, but but I mean, absolutely, like, when the jury came in, right. I, I had the thought, like, oh, I wonder if women were allowed to be on juries at this point, and they were. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's very much definitely... I mean, we got to see juror number six. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she was reading the right book, so she's probably smart. Right, right. Uh, and But, uh, yeah, the the only two, at least in the credits or, like, you know, uh, lists that they show are the uh, the undercover FBI agent, mm-hmm. uh, who I think her name is Daphne, uh, who is presented as, you know, duplicitous and uh, underhanded. Right. Uh, and then, uh, Nameless Secretary? Yeah, I don't remember if she had a name or not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who was probably Tom Hayden's girlfriend? I, I guess? I don't know. <laughs> Who, who knows? She's yeah. given no development, so no one knows. That's true. She's just answering phones. Conspiracy headquarters. <laughs> She talks about having sex with a black guy at one point. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because that's what women are there for. Yep. Uh, I did... Uh, uh, Caitlin Fitzgerald played the undercover uh, FBI agent, and I do enjoy seeing her in things. Uh, another person I've never seen or heard of before. She was on Masters of Sex. Okay. Which was a pretty good show for a couple seasons, and then I stopped watching because we didn't have the channel it was on anymore. Alrighty, um, but yeah, I I enjoy her, so okay. it was it was nice to see her. Well, but yeah, yeah, she even she doesn't really have much to do. No. Um. Uh, fuck! I totally lost what I was gonna say. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Sasha Baron Cohen was really good as Abby Hoffman. Yeah, yeah, he was. Um, you know, uh, I again don't know much about the actual person other than uh, you know what I've just listened to on the dollop. Right. Uh, I do know that uh, after this trial, uh, his life kind of went to hell. Yeah, I, I read a little bit about. <clears throat> what happened after the trial too and yeah it, it didn't didn't sound great no um but you know i thought you know for for uh, so you didn't listen to to any of the the, the three dollops or anything did you i did not no okay. i didn't have a chance um so in the first part you know at the end of it uh, dave anthony goes off on a rant about why aaron sorkin should not be the person in charge of a movie about this story right uh particularly you know abby hoffman uh but you know i would say that it was mostly fair yeah uh i mean you know like you point out the the ending and the fabrication of it all and you know uh jgl's character and all that uh which i guess you could you know ascribe to poetic license right um you know i i don't think that it was and and there's definitely some you know emotional manipulation i guess 
Yeah, that's. I think that was my main problem with the ending is that yeah. it's just so manipulative, right? And just like the swell of the music. Oh yeah, no, it's and, it's a total bullshit ending. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, it's also a two-hour version of a six-month event that happened in real life. That's true. If not longer. Uh, so, you know, obviously there's there's not going to be, you know, a total factual uh, representation. Uh, and I thought, for the most part, the movie played it fair. Yeah, I, I don't feel like it was unfair to any of the characters. Um, I did see some people online talking about how... Uh, the the scene where Dave Dellinger, John Carroll Lynch's character, punches one of the security guards mm-hmm. was upsetting because he was like an avowed pacifist and would never do anything like that. And it didn't you know, from my reading about it, I didn't see anything that indicated that he did actually do that. Right. So like you could have an objection to that, though, again, for dramatic purposes, it did work. Right. I think pretty well within the context of the scene and what was going on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, otherwise I didn't, I didn't have any other than I, I had storytelling issues with it. Not so much issues with the way that the story was or with the way the characters were presented. Right. Right. Um, I do know that. Uh, so uh, the, the, the Bobby seal of it all. <laughs> Yes. Oh, Jesus. Uh, I can't believe we haven't talked about Bobby Seale yet. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know that actor's name. I do know that he, uh, uh, he played Black Manta in the uh, Aquaman movie. Oh, did he really? (laughs) Yeah. I believe he also, was he on Watchmen? Uh, yes. He, he was, uh... He was Cal. Yes. He was the husband to, uh, uh, fuck. Uh, crap I can't remember the character's name Angela uh, Abar yeah that's it uh, but Regina yeah. King yeah, yeah. Uh, she I played, gotcha. uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I that's all you need to know he was good in that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow you got out of there quick yep <laughs> going down do... that hole there <laughs> I do uh I do sort of wish that like I I feel like his the way that his story was presented was fairly basic. In, um in you this know we, movie? we don't what's that? In this movie or watch in this in this movie not in okay. Watchmen. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. The way that the way that Bobby Seal's story was yeah. presented. Uh, was was very bare bones it was super bare bones and uh i've again you know uh six months condensed down to you know two hours right uh so the scene where he gets beaten and tied up to a chair in Uh the courtroom Uh uh-huh uh in real life that happened multiple days in a row Right. Uh, whereas it is presented as uh, it happens and it's over within minutes. Yeah. Uh, and then he is uh, released from the trial. Uh, 
but uh, yeah, so and I guess again, it's it's a matter of condensing and poetic license, but uh, I mean, I guess the movie does the bare minimum it can to present the judge as uh, the super racist that he was. Yeah, I th- I feel like it comes across pretty well. Yeah, yeah. That that he's super <laughs> racist. Uh-huh. Even even though no one has ever accused him of being racist in his thirty five years on the bench or whatever. Yeah, because yeah, you know, people who aren't racist, uh, you know, they don't get told that all the time. Right. He yeah. he has black friends, probably. Maybe. Sure, some of his best friends, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, speaking of the judge, another thing that they don't really present is that uh, he was a close personal friend of uh, Mayor John Daly at the time. Oh, really? And pretty much asked to have this case and pretty much already made up his mind how he was going to rule no matter what. I mean, that's that sort of comes across uh, without, a, a little <clears throat> without bit, being but, said. Yeah. I, I think they play the uh, senile old man card a little bit too much yeah i can see that with the getting people's names wrong and yeah forgetting things and yeah um but you know uh other than i think a few instances where uh it felt like uh frank langella and uh, the actors who played the lawyers kind of dip into like weird southern drawls when they're arguing with each other in the courtroom (laughs) yeah uh you know i thought they were great otherwise yeah (laughs) um but yeah but but uh i I feel like i feel like the bobby seal aspect and, and the black panthers in general sort of deserve their own movie you know telling their side of the story about what happens during this trial. Absolutely. Cause yeah, I mean, we, we <clears throat> see, we see Bobby seal, uh, in the, the opening sequence pre, pre the, the trial. Right. Uh, and then, or like pre the riots and everything. And then we see him during the trial, but I don't think we ever actually see what he did while he was in Chicago. Yeah. Um, and well, you know, because because it, it was completely disconnected from the riot and everything else that was happening, right? Uh, but like, it, it would have been interesting to see a little bit more of of what he was doing, and then you know, some of his why speech. he was brought in. Yeah, yeah. some of his speech. Yeah. yeah, and then you know, his arrest yeah. even would have been interesting, right? Uh, especially, yeah, since it is. I mean, yeah, we never like there are a couple flashbacks to you know. Uh, the riots and how they start and, you know, the, the interactions that the seven have with the police. Well, five of them. Right. Because, uh, again, the other two guys. <laughs> Barely there. Yep. They, they, they were in the room at the time, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, none of those flashbacks do we ever see anything from the Black Panther side of, you know, what happens. Uh, which I have to imagine is endlessly fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. I, I really wanted to know more about it. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, also we've get, you know, uh, Fred Hampton as a background character, uh, who 
also has just an amazing life story who was also just brutally murdered by cops. Yeah. Uh, you know, which they touch on a little bit. Uh, you know, I think he deserves his own movie too. Right. Uh, but again, two hours. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot happening. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think it, it's, you know, just in, in talking about it and all of the, all of the gaps in the story, um, and just wanting to know more about the characters. Like, I guess it's, it's a good springboard yeah. for like, oh, I want to know more about this person and then go to Google or get a book or whatever. Um, but it, I mean, it's, you know. It's it's about basically a snapshot of these people's lives, right? Uh, and I think, <clears throat> you know, like I said, I I enjoyed the movie, and it is a little over two hours, and and I never fell asleep. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> uh, you know, I, I was riveted. Yeah, it it held my attention really well, and like it is a little bit over two hours, but I feel like it just flew by for me. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, I guess my fear about it is though that, you know, people will watch it and just assume that everything is as is, Mm -hmm. uh, even the absolute bullshit ending. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I feel like that's a, that's a problem with any biopic or any movie that's based on a true story is, you know, you get people who just believe whatever, whatever they see and don't do any additional research right so i don't know yeah like i i know uh so you know we've been talking about it but so the actual ending of this movie yes uh features you know the judges sensing sentencing uh five of the seven uh and he allows uh eddie redmayne's character tom hayden to uh give a statement to the court before the sentencing and uh, basically tells him that as long as he's a good boy, you know, maybe then, you know, he'll uh, he'll be lenient on them. Right. Uh, and then, you know, Tom Hayden fully realizing just, uh, you know, exactly what uh, it means for them to be on trial and, and, and what they represent by being there, uh, decides that uh, he is not going to play ball. And instead, he is going to read a list of the American soldiers who have died in Vietnam. The whole reason that they are even there. Right. The soldiers who have died in Vietnam since the trial began. Yeah. Uh, it was like, like 3,000 some names. Yep. Yep. Uh, and then, yeah, yeah, as you've said, uh, the music swells and everybody starts standing and clapping and cheering and uh, Frank Langella loses his sexy, sexy mind. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> and uh, and then, then we get like the Animal House uh, sort of wrap up about uh, what happens with their lives afterwards. Right. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so in real life, uh, it was uh, the uh, David Dellinger, uh, the John Carroll Lynch character, uh, who reads the names of the dead soldiers. Uh, but he actually started reading the names of the dead Viet Cong 
who had oh, died. Wow. Yes. And they had uh, a Viet Cong, a Vietnamese and an American flag draped over their table as he started doing it. Wow. <clears throat> and uh, it pretty much got shut down almost immediately. And uh, the court officers uh, took away the Vietnamese flag, but left the American flag. Of course. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's what really happened when they did that. So it happened much earlier in the trial. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Jeez. And, and so, yeah, it was not the rousing moments of patriotism and uh, togetherness that uh, the movie pretends that it is. <laughs> <clears throat> there's just, there's, there's a moment at the very end of A Few Good Men um, where uh, Tom Cruise's character, who's been representing these two guys, these two Marines who are on trial for uh for murder uh or for manslaughter or whatever uh he's been you know arguing with them sort of off and on they're reluctant to have him there because they don't see him as a as a real marine officer or whatever uh and then at the end of the movie one of them like as as he's exiting the courtroom and it's like only he and and tom cruise are in the courtroom when this happens and he's and he shouts like Ten Hut, there's an officer on deck, and he salutes. And it's just the the most just no. <laughs> <laughs> and this reminded me a lot of that. <laughs> like ugh. Yeah. It's it's yeah, it is the only type of thing that ever happens in a movie. Yeah, exactly. Like, like it exactly. never happens in real life. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the slow clap in Lucas at the end of Lucas. Right. Like well, it looks great on paper. Sure. And it and it probably like in your head when you're writing it down, you're like, oh man, yeah, this is gonna get him. Yeah. But then it just just falls completely flat and is so awkward. I, I think that's uh that just defines slow clap. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it just yeah, it it will never happen in real life and when it does i think it usually fails yeah <laughs> like somebody tries to start it and then everyone just looks at them like what are you doing yep <laughs> uh, but yeah other than the ending i enjoyed it yeah yeah it's 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 a it's a good movie i think yeah it's it's uh it's it's a good fictionalized version of this story exactly yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's not as good as other Sorkin things that I've seen. It's probably probably on the lower end, but I still enjoyed it. Um, yeah, and if if you listen to Dave Anthony, it's an, uh, an abomination because it's not as far left as it should be. Right. <laughs> because Abby Hoffman was a uh, social communist and not a liberal, whereas Aaron Sorkin is just a liberal. Right. Yeah. <laughs> God dang. Hey, yep. And you know what? I think it, it shows. You know, Aaron Sorkin is definitely a white male who writes uh, white male stuff. One hundred percent. Yeah. I, I, as big a fan as I am, I totally recognize his shortcomings. Yeah. <laughs> there are many of them. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, part of it is just the perspective from which he comes at things. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, again, I, I know. I'm not here to defend or espouse Dave Anthony, but uh, no, that's okay. 
you know, I know his his he's got a, a whole other podcast dedicated to just you know poking holes at West Wing, right? Uh, and I've never listened to his show because I've never seen the West Wing, and I'm probably not going to do either. Yeah, uh, but you know, his whole thing seems to be that you know the show went on to influence you know actual politicians, uh, which he he feels is a bit crazy okay <laughs> uh that's you know that people would you know basically pattern their lives on a tv show that's uh, fair yeah you know, uh but all coming from you know again that one male white male perspective yeah no i can totally see that uh and, and you know he's just very uh he, he's just very left yeah yeah <laughs> I think the thing, the important thing to keep in mind about the West Wing is that it is pure fantasy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So. <laughs> I, I think that's that's essentially what he's trying to say. It is pure fantasy and that uh, there are real people who have taken it to heart. Gotcha. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it's it's too, I feel like it's okay to be inspired by fantasy. Sure. You know, I guess it just depends on how far you take it. Yeah. I mean, you know, I like uh, I like Wolverine, but I'm not going around slashing people with claws, you know. Well, that's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, do you have do you have Wolverine claws? Shit, I wasn't supposed to say. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take this offline. All right. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, so I, what's what's I, what's going on? Anything going on this week? That's that's bringing you joy <laughs> uh you know what uh, uh yeah i was i was going to read a comic and hopefully pick that as the thing that brought me joy but i just didn't have the chance or the time to do so yeah uh but i am very excited to read dracula motherfucker oh yeah i'm excited to read that too uh by uh, alex DeCampi and uh, erica henderson uh, just got that last week uh so looking forward to that uh, but the the thing that I think brought me the most joy this week is the return of freedom. Yeah, I I didn't realize that was back. My uh, my <laughs> podcast feed hadn't updated because I think I was still using the the bad Stitcher Premium mm-hmm. uh, URL. So I I fixed that. I have two episodes to listen to now. Okay, because there were five when I checked it uh, Friday. Holy shit, seriously? Yeah, like, because uh, uh, when I'm at my weekend job, I, I get to listen to podcasts a little bit. And, uh, you know, so uh, I've got, you know, the shows I listen to on Stitcher and uh, pulled the Stitcher up and uh, just had a new freedom and I was super excited. And then, uh, like, I started listening to it and they made a reference to, like, it being like the fifth episode. Oh wow! Uh, so like I went back through the feed and yeah, like they dropped five episodes in a day. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, All right. I I I uh, I updated with just the regular iTunes feed. So I wonder if I if I do the Stitcher thing again, if I'll get all those extra ones. Yeah, maybe. Yes, uh, that's awesome. <laughs> So I was I was very excited and and pleasantly uh, happy to listen to all those over the weekend. I love that show so much. Me too. Uh, you know, just just uh, two guys who talk on a podcast recommending 
better podcasts about people talking. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> it's a meta podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, so so that brought me some 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 joy. That's excellent. Uh, what about you, sir? Uh, probably, probably the thing that is making me happiest is that, uh, and I, I, I posted a picture on, on the internet, uh, but after 10 months of being in this apartment, <laughs> I have finally started to, uh, put together a, uh, condensed version of my flash museum, All right. uh, which I, which I had in our house in Ohio. Uh, basically just a display for uh, original art and statues uh, featuring the flash. Um, so that's probably that's that's making me pretty happy. It's nice to get stuff up on the wall again. I uh, totally get that. Yeah, I, I had to go out and get more frames today um, <laughs> so so I can so I can put some more stuff up. Nice. Um, but yeah, that's it's I don't know part of part of it is just nice it's nice to have stuff out where I can see it again and the other part of it is just I enjoy organizing so <laughs> so it's sort of killing two birds I get it uh you know when I when I moved into to this house last year um I got to hang up pictures for the first time in 20 some years oh wow like I, I had a few hanging up, like posters and stuff, at my old apartment, but uh, there wasn't too much that I could really do. Uh, but now I've got this house, and uh, there's a lot of wall space, and uh, so like within my first month, I started hanging up just posters and original art, what little original art I own. Uh, most of it is you know from my friends. Yeah. But, but still, you know, uh, it's it's nice to have them up and and be able to look at them yeah absolutely and you have some pretty great flash pieces yeah i've i've started scanning uh as much as i can i haven't i haven't scanned anything from my sketchbook yet because i don't i'm trying to figure out how to do it without totally ruining the the binding on the book (laughs) um but i but i have scanned a bunch of loose pieces and started a, a comic art fans page awesome so so that's on the internet for posterity, I guess. Excellent. I'll, yeah. I'll have to check that out. I know I've seen a lot of it, but I'm sure there's tons I haven't. Probably, yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, you know that that just makes me even more excited that maybe someday my uh, flash sketch in your sketchbook will be up on uh, Comic Art Fans. You you already have one on Comic Art Fans in one of my galleries. Really? Yeah the uh, the Flash and Doctor Who sketch cover that you did for me. Oh wow, nice. Yeah, I, so I, I I scanned basically everything <clears throat> that was uh, smaller than eleven by seventeen and and sure. loose or able to easily get on my scanner. Nice. So so that was among them. I, I just uh, saw that again today for the for, uh, first time in a, quite a while. Nice. I, I still love that. It's uh, such a great cover. It, it made me smile when I saw it. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember drawing that. <laughs> <clears throat> but uh, but still, nothing will beat uh, what I've drawn in your sketchbook. Nothing ever will. Nope. <laughs> my, honestly, my favorite thing about it is when other people are flipping through my sketchbook <laughs> and they come across it. <laughs> like like professional artists at cons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> I've uh, 
I've not been there with you when when that has happened, but uh, I just imagine it, and it makes me happy. It's great. <laughs> like uh, you know, every time you've shown me the like new sketchers or whatever, I'm just like, ah, oh, Dave Johnson saw my flash in there. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Barry Kitson made the best face. <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> Oh, that makes me so happy. <laughs> it's about exposure. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, should I yeah. pick a movie? Yeah. What do you What do you have in mind? All right. Uh, so I'm thinking I'm gonna pick uh, a superhero movie that I haven't actually seen yet. Okay. Uh, I would like to watch uh, Captain Fantastic with Viggo Mortensen. Nice. I haven't seen that either. <laughs> all right. Is it a superhero movie? No. <laughs> I have no idea, honestly. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure it's not. Okay. But it's called Captain Fantastic, so that was my joke. <laughs> oh, it was a joke. Okay, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, do, you want, do you want to take that again? Okay. Okay. <clears throat> so the movie I'm going to pick is a superhero movie that uh, I haven't seen yet. Oh, it's really? Called, okay. It's uh, called Captain Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I get it because it's yeah. not a superhero movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, I, I think this movie is on Hulu. Uh, if not, it is definitely on Hoopla. Okay. <laughs> or yeah, Canopy. I, I know I've seen it in a few different places. So. Yeah. I'm sure it's out there somewhere, and if not, I can probably get it from the library. Yeah, uh, yeah. When I when I looked it up to to make sure that it wasn't expiring anywhere, uh, I believe it said it was on. It's either on Hoopla or Canopy for sure, uh, okay. and possibly on Hulu. So, gotcha. Uh, any of those three places, if uh, you know the listener wants to watch along with us, yeah, uh, the fictional listener. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just like Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character in The Trial of the Chicago 7. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. All Captain right. Fantastic. So, yep, yep. That's it. That's the one. All right. We'll talk about that next week. Good evening, then. Good night. Thank you for listening to The Viewmasters. You can subscribe to the show directly at view.guttertrash.net or at iTunes and leave us a review. Visit view.guttertrash.net for email information and links to Facebook and Twitter. We'll see you next time on The Viewmasters. Viewmasters.